Okay, Bokar Tov, everybody. So uh, we have a couple of days left till Tisha B'Av. So I thought in these couple of days, we'll try to look at some other things that Rabbi Freelander has to write about the nine days and about the three weeks, about the Avelut for Yerushalayim and the Beit HaMikdash. So in this section is a very interesting section. He quotes um, extensively from the Sefer Mesila Isharim, which is a Sefer that many of you may have studied in the past, written by Moshe Chaim Lutzato Ramchal, and he quotes extensively from the 19th chapter, uh, and he ties in, the, well, Mesilat Yisharim himself ties in the uh, concept that the Mesilat Yisharim is talking about to the concept of the Beit HaMikdash and longing for the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash. Let's explore this a little bit, okay? So Mesilat Yisharim in Parak Yutet, the 19th chapter, is discussing the difference between tzaddik and a chassid. These are two words that describe a person who serves Hashem in a wonderful way. One's called a tzaddik, one's called a chassid. Chassid seems to be on a higher level. And the question is, what is the difference between a tzaddik and a chassid? So he says that the tzaddik, he does the will of Hashem to fulfill all his responsibilities. He fulfills the mitzvot and he avoids doing the avirot. And through that, he does what he's supposed to do, right? It's, which is not an easy thing. It's not easy to do what you're supposed to do. But a person who does all the things that he's supposed to do, he's called a tzaddik, which is a wonderful, incredible thing for a person to have the level of being a tzaddik. However, there's something else called a chassid. Chassid we call in English piety, pious. It means to go above and beyond, do something, something uh, beyond the norm, beyond that which is perhaps expected. So he says, the chassid, he doesn't just serve Hashem in order to reach his spiritual level or to accomplish a certain speech, spiritual level. That's not his uh, sole objective. His objective is to bring more honor of Hashem into the creation or to reveal the honor of Hashem that exists within the creation. So now he's going to quote the Mesut Sharim, who elaborates on this idea a little bit. So he says, This is the Mesut Sharim speaking. The true intention of the Chassidim, which they have put in great effort, they've exerted themselves in order to reach it. It's a fascinating idea. He says, what's the person's intention in serving Hashem? Only so that the honor of the Master should become greater, should become larger, should become more in this world. That's his intention in serving Hashem. And this is after he has the, the Ahava of Hashem. So it starts out, the basis is Abat Hashem, loving Hashem, meaning wanting people to know more about Hashem, loving Hashem by reflecting and thinking about all the good that Hashem has given to us. So then he comes to loving Hashem. But then, after he loves Hashem, he's constantly longing, desiring for the great, for the increase, for the improvement, for more honor of Hashem. The ode, and furthermore, and he's in distress. Whenever there's less honor of Hashem, he's bothered. So when he sees 
that there's less kavod shemaim in the bria. There's less honor of Hashem. There's less awareness of Hashem. There are people violating the Torah, and that causes him pain. So what does he do? He makes sure that at least from his perspective the honor of Hashem is being increased. At least he himself is increasing the honor of Hashem. So again, he's not doing this to get rewarded. He's not even doing this because it's his responsibility. He's doing it because, he's not doing it because he's, he's doing his job. Rather, he's doing it because he wants to bring more honor to Hashem. And he wants everybody else to be like this also. And he's really bothered when other people are not showing the proper honor for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, right? It's like the servants who who they they're not they're not just following the laws of the land because of the laws of the land. They're following the laws of the land because they want to show honor to the king. Love deal, right? So it's the same thing. A person wants to increase the honor of Hashem. In the footnote here, he has a fantastic, fascinating idea. He says he quotes here that we see from this piece in Mishnah what our true perspective should be on those who are over avera. We see somebody who's being violating an Avera. We see somebody who's doing it. We see, we think to ourselves, is a chutzpah. How could he do such a thing? So he says that why should a person be bothered when he sees somebody violating an Avera? Not because it bothers me, not because it's personal, not because it offends me that this person could violate such an Avera, but rather because it's pikiyah bikavot shamayim, because it is considered to be a um, it is de- t- trying to take away from the honor of Hashem. That's really what his concern is. So he tells a story that Rav Dessler one time saw somebody who was doing a certain Avera. You can imagine what the Avera was that he saw. And he, the, the one of the Gabayim in, in the Beit Knesset saw this person doing this, this Avera. And he says, how could, you, how could you not be embarrassed to do it in front of the rabbi or do it in front of me, whatever it is? How, how could you not be embarrassed to do it in front of these people? So Rabbi uh, Rav Dessler didn't like that response so much because he says the reason why the Avera should bother you is not because it's personal, not because he did it in front of you, but rather, is it better if it, if it wasn't in front of me? Is it not a lack of Kavosh if it wasn't in front of me? Rather, the Tsar is that the Avera was done, that there's less Kavosh because of the Avera that was done. Okay? So he says, so he's, he's bothered when there's less Kavot Shemaim in this world, and people are, don't have as much Kavot Shemaim in this world. And all the more so, he's certainly bothered by when his actions lead to less Kavot Shemaim. Even if it was uh, out of his control, even if it was uh, by accident, or even if it was because of just very, very hard for him to resist, whatever it is, he wasn't trying to show a lack of honor of Hashem. He wasn't trying to purposely be rebellious and go against the words of the Torah. But listen, it happened. Listen, the, it came, you know, it, it got the best of him. So he says that even that, even that, where it's, it's out of his control or it just overcame him, even that it should bother a person. That because of him, there was less kavot shemayim. There's less honor of Hashem. He gives a fascinating mashal. He says, imagine somebody who accidentally pushed the king. Right? Or somebody pushed him into the king. And he's the one who pushed the king, but it was somebody else's fault. So even though he's not guilty, right? But still, he was the cause of, a, of the, the king, the honor of the king being reduced. Less honor for the king. And a person who wants to see Kavod Shemayim in it completely, so he also has to be upset about the, the lack of Kavod Shemayim, even though it was out of 
his control. Okay, but as I in the next year, Rabotai, even though this is not connected to, uh, directly yet connected to the Beit HaMikdash, the next year will tie this into the Beit HaMikdash based on the statement of the Tanah de Belial Rabbah, who discusses this whole idea of Kavot Shemayim and uh, how the the absence of Beit HaMikdash and how we relate to the absence of Beit HaMikdash is a direct outgrowth of this understanding of what it means to be a Chassid. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Kol Tov.